Good Monday morning, Four Oaks Church. It is May 8th, 2023. Pastor Paul here, so glad that you have joined us. We took last week off. I was out of town, uh, wasn't preaching, so there was no devotional, but we're back in the saddle here in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6. If you're new to this, this might be a good opportunity just to explain what we do. We point towards the upcoming Sunday where we're going to be preaching uh, the passage for that week. And what we do is use Monday through Friday here, 10, 15 minutes uh, each day, 8 a.m., in order to unpack the passage, dissect it, look at it, apply it. Um, for several reasons. One, this is really helpful to me in terms of my preparation. Two, it hopefully gives you some tools by which you can learn to read and apply and study the Bible on your own. And so that we get to Sunday and it's sort of the culmination of our week of study. So that way you're not just simply receiving theological information. In fact, you are um, becoming a student, uh, someone who, who is studying, gathering up the truth for themselves. And so we are in Matthew chapter six, of course, the most famous sermon, never preached a Sermon on the Mount, uh, it still resonates across cultural lines, um, even to this day. And as we get further into it, you'll see where many of the phrases and things that we find in the sermon are actually still used in our culture. But what Jesus is keen to show here is the way of flourishing, the, the, the blessed life, the happy life. And the blessed life, the happy life, is the one that is lived in alignment with God's commands, with the kingdom values of God. And this is something that Jesus um, offers that at first seems counter-cultural, counter-intuitive, that, that we would deny ourselves, that we would be meek, that we would be humble, that we would be poor in spirit, but that these would be the path to happiness. But in fact, we know this is true, not just experientially, but, but biblically, as we've seen Jesus show us where the path to true joy is. Now, part of the, what we, we've gone back a number of times and said this, but it, it bears repeating. I think the key verse in the Sermon on the Mount is Matthew 5, 20, where Jesus says, for I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Remember in the Sermon on the Mount, righteousness does not mean perfection, nor does it mean alien righteousness like we would think about in uh, Paul's writings, for example, uh, the, the, the alien righteousness of Christ imputed to us. Here, righteousness means wholeheartedness. It means consistency, constancy, being the same on the inside as we are on the outside and being the same on the outside as we are on the inside, and there being a consistency in these things. And when Jesus says your righteousness must surpass that of the Pharisees, we stereotypically think of the Pharisees as as the righteous purveyors of the law who took the law way seriously. But in fact, as we've seen, they took it not seriously enough. They did the right things for the wrong reasons. They uh, externally went through the motions, but their hearts were far from God. They were doing it to be seen. They were doing it in order to uh, appear righteous before men, to get accolades, um, affluence, notoriety, recognition. They weren't interested in pleasing God. And so this is not an exaggeration, Matthew 5.20. It is a spiritual reality about the righteousness 
that God calls his people to who belong to him, who are walking with him, who are citizens of this kingdom. And so Jesus has been, in, in chapter 5, um, sort of expositing certain parts of the Old Testament law. You know, you've heard that it was said, do not murder, but I say to you, anyone who's angry has committed murder. You've heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. I tell you that anyone who lusts after a woman in his heart has committed adultery. And what Jesus is doing there is that he is providing both the, a, a deeper depth to the commandments to show the heart of God in them and to show where the Pharisees were trying to circumvent the law, to, to use um, human means in order to circumvent the clear commands of God. Now, as we get into chapter 6, let me read chapter 6-1 because this is going to be the headliner verse, just like 520 is a headliner verse over the whole thing. This verse 1 of chapter 6 is a headliner over um, this next big section of the Sermon on the Mount. So let, let's read it together. Jesus says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. So we know from Matthew that practicing righteousness before other people um, in order to be seen by them was the way of the Pharisee, right? Um, they were after the reward of men. They were after those accolades. And what Jesus is saying here is that when you practice your righteousness before, in order to be seen by other people, um, then there is no reward for you. And again, that idea of no reward in the kingdom is the same thing as saying lease in the kingdom. In other words, not entering the kingdom. In other words, that, that kind of righteousness is putrid um, in God's sight. And so that verse headlines a number of areas of spiritual discipline, of Christian practice that Jesus wants to talk about. So let's look at verses. I'm just going to give you a little overview here so it makes some sense as we begin walking through this this week. So verses 2 through 4 um, relate to the issue of giving to the needy, okay? So, so generosity, our practice of being hospitable, uh, financial, our resources, all those things. Jesus wants to talk about that particular spiritual discipline, okay? Drop down to verse 5. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, okay? So Jesus there wants to talk about what it means to pray. How are we to pray as citizens of the kingdom? What should motivate us? What should, what should drive us? So, so, so think about these spiritual disciplines that Jesus is, is wanting to talk to us about. Um, he wants to talk about uh, praying. He wants to talk about giving. And then finally, look down... In verse 16, it says, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, okay? And so here Jesus wants to talk about fasting. And what's interesting about all of these things is that Jesus assumes as citizens of the kingdom that we're doing all of these things, that we're fasting, that we're praying, that we're giving. Now, one of the phrases that's attached to each of these spiritual disciplines is this little phrase. Look, for example, in um, verse 17. 
or verse 18, or verse 17, sorry. <laughs> but when you fast and want your head and wash your face, verse 18, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Okay, go back up and look in verses, um, verse 8 of chapter 6. Do not be like them, for your, uh, wrong verse, sorry. Verse 6, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And finally, uh, verse 3, and when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So you, you see a theme here, right? God is most interested in the heart. God is interested in the secret places of our lives and of our souls. And Jesus says, when we practice these disciplines, that's our goal. That's our aim. Now, some people have taken this to mean that when we, we should never pray publicly or give publicly or fast publicly. And I think that's a wrong interpretation of this. Jesus doesn't say you do that. Jesus just says, if you're tempted to do your righteousness, to pray fast and give before men in order to be seen by them, don't do it for that. If that's your temptation, then go give in private, go pray in private, go fast in private. It does not mean, and this we are going to spend a day on each of these disciplines this week, by the way, that doesn't mean that we, we don't ever do them or that it's wrong for others to know that we're doing them. What Jesus is pointing out here, again, is the heart, is the motive. Why do we pray? Why do we fast? Why do we give? And so that, that, that's the first thing we want to say about these, about these sections that, that unite them. Jesus is, is driving at the heart. He also says, secondly, he talks about this idea of the Father who sees in secret. Okay, And here... This is not just about um, something that, you know, we're keeping a secret from someone and we won't tell anybody. That, that's not the idea of secret. The idea of secret is something only known to God, something only viewed by God. And it reminds us that we are never, we never grow past, we are never more than the secret places in our life. We are, we, are, we are never more than that, right? Um, who we are flowing out of our hearts is going to be a result of these disciplines as the Spirit's power works within us, praying, fasting, giving. And knowing that, this a lot of times we want to make the Christian life really complicated. If I just read this book or latch onto this idea, and sometimes, not all, sometimes, always, God will always call us back to the foundational and most important things. Who are we in secret with him? Who are we before him in the practice of these disciplines? These are the things that please God. These are the things that shape our hearts. And so, so a, a call for you this week as we are digging in to Matthew chapter 6 together is to adhere to this word and begin to ask yourself, who am I in secret? How much do these disciplines mark my life? Not because I want to tell other people about them 
or parade my righteousness, but because I know that is the path to flourishing. I know that's the path to happiness. So if you have the gumption to do this, I would encourage you um, to, between now and tomorrow, is to go and to use your concordance or use your commentary or use your, your, your study Bible that might be on your app on your iPhone or your iPad and begin to look at some of these subscripts that are printed by these verses and to see what their original context was. So, so what was the original context of praying in the Old Testament? What was the original context of fasting in the Old Testament? What was the original context of giving in the Old Testament? And when you get a picture of that and then understand what the Pharisees were doing, it puts it in all the greater contrast as to what the life of the kingdom disciple is to look like that honors God. All right, so that's your assignment. We'll be back tomorrow, and we're going to start walking through these particular these three particular disciplines one at a time. Let's pray. Lord, you desire truth in the inmost parts. And so, Father, I pray that you would um, bless our study of your word this week and that it would take us to the secret places. It would take us to the places uh, of, of going deeper with you, knowing you. Lord, that's our, that's our heart. And Lord, please do your work in our, in our souls this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.